Hi there, I am back. I'm Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That was Jeff Healy with Angel Eyes. We'll listen to that at the end of the show. But right now, standing by to join me is Anastasia Lynn. We're going to talk about her film, Badass Beauty Queen, the story of Anastasia Lynn. Good morning. Hi. Hi, thanks for calling in from New York. I appreciate you taking the time and congratulations on your film. Thank you. This is a really interesting story. You know, how did you decide to make this into a film? Uh, I actually didn't produce the film. It was a film producer. Um, they saw me before I went to China, and because uh, there were suspicion that I couldn't get in at that time, so there were quite a few documentary makers that were interested. Um, and eventually, two of them came to Fusion and. Uh, this is one of them, yeah. I'm going to describe to the listeners a little bit about the film, and then I'll let you fill in the, the gaps. But basically, I've got this information on my blog. Anastasia burst onto f- the front pages when her father, living in China, was threatened by Chinese security forces because of Anastasia's public stance on China's human rights violations. Unbeknownst to her, she had been declared persona non grata by authorities, preventing her to represent Canada at the 2015 Miss World pageant in Sanya, China. Wow. What an experience. (laughs) I mean, what an experience you went through. So without giving too much away in the film, could you tell us what happened? Uh, I basically, I, I lived in China for 13 years, so Chinese government would consider me to be Chinese, no matter what kind of nationality I am on my passport. Mm-hmm. And after I decided to run for Miss World Canada, and I had a human rights platform, but that was very general, you know, like the usual beauty queen world piece kind of very generalized uh, platform. Yeah. And after I won, the Chinese government took it so seriously, and they went to my father and threatened him. Um, that's where everything started to happen. Um, the media started to call in, and I was putting a position where I had a lot of opportunities to speak up about this issue, and I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then that year, the Miss World Final was in China, and I was supposed to represent Canada, but um, they never gave me a visa, so eventually I decided I'm just going to go to Hong Kong and see if I can get in. And at the Hong Kong airport... The authority declared me persona non grata, and I didn't go in. And they still threatening my parents, and my father, and my grandparents till today. Was there ever a point where you were so scared, or have you always been very brave? Uh, I was scared all the way, um, but I think. At some point, you sort of just like, it's all about survival. At mm-hmm. the beginning, it was about survival, too. It was really about what, which strategy is going to help my family in China stay safe the most. And at that time, it looked like that more international media attention is going to ironically provide them with more protection. Because, you know, without any media speaking up, without any attention from the West, they can just do whatever they want to people in China. Mm-hmm. So... That's the strategy I decided to take. And ever after, you sort of can't really turn back anymore. Right. Um, you just have to go all the way and see if things can really change. Um, yeah. It must have been unbelievable to land on the front page of the New York Times. You were on CNN. 
and all these other places. What was that like? It was really nerve-wracking. I mean, from the outside, a lot of my friends are like, oh, the world loves you. But it really didn't feel that way. It was a right. lot more pressure. Yes. Because I didn't really have anybody. I didn't have a PR firm. I was all by myself. So the reporter will write whatever I say to them. And I didn't have media training. Um, didn't know what not to say. So in a, many ways, I was putting myself very exposed to everything but i felt like you know i should be fine because it's like i wasn't doing this for a very selfish reason i guess yes um and i have nothing to hide so i should be fine and after it all happened now when i look back it's sort of it's still a little bit surreal even after four years but i learned to live with it and learn to compartmentalize it and try to live a real like a normal life in north america yes and so do you feel like you're living a more normal life life not really (laughs) (laughs) you can't really return to normal knowing that your grandparents and your father still like being held hostage sure but i think that was what the threats are designed to do it's designed to disable the person even though he or she might not live on Chinese soil, to not be able to continue to have a whole life. And I felt like part of me was severed from me. It was like a, not just the cultural root, because, well, Communist Party isn't really Chinese culture anyway, but I grew up there with a lot of memories and all of that. I can't go back right now. It's sort of severed from me. Yes. And one constantly has to feel like that, um, if there is an empty hole that you don't know exactly where it is, but it's inside of you, mm-hmm. um, that's sort of what I struggle with. But, yeah, I learned to just focus on small things in life that could make me, you know, stay in the present and not worry so much. That's not learning after four years and still trying. Right. Well, you sound very resilient. Well, thank you. I, I, don't, I don't feel that way. Yeah. It's like one learns to cope with things and I'm, I'm like sort of learned to admire human determination too because through this journey I met a lot of other people like Chinese dissidents or victims of human rights that used to be in concentration camp like uh, labor camp be a Falun Gong practitioner Uyghurs and even some Tibetans and I listened to their story I'm like oh wow what I lived through was nothing and I don't know how they survived all their experience and still be like a whole you know right. um, still being able to go on and believe that the world is you know a good place and yeah. that yeah that's really hard to to feel that way that the world is still a good place when you're up against all this drama and danger and fear. Yeah, but in some way, you know, like I, I know that everybody in life deals with like different kind of difficulties and suffering. And so yeah. we're not really alone in that, but it's just how we deal with it really changes everything. I think after four years now, like in the documentary, I think the producer pr- portrayed me as this person who doesn't, wasn't really afraid of anything. Yeah, I know. You kind of do look kind of badass in the film. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really trying to live up to that badass title. But I think um, there is a huge side of me that it's it's sort of always there. Well, you're human. I'm really Yeah, you're human, you know. Um, 
the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And I'm always fascinated with, you know, we learn from the challenges, you know, or the tough times in life. And uh, you might think it's the worst of times, but there could be like a hidden, you know, agenda that you'd not, like a new chapter opens up for you. Yeah, yeah, it totally did. I mean, the whole Miss World thing, you know, at least I, at first I did it because every girl, like, I, I can't speak for every girl, but I know me. Mm-hmm. I liked the glamour side of it. It was exciting. And you get to dress up and <laughs> play adult, like, play dress up. And um, you learn how to command attention on stage and all that. And also, it was just fun. A lot of girls competing for like a week or two and sort of live through the experience together and they become like lifelong friends. I still have a lot of friends in both the national and international pageant that I'm still in touch with. It's wonderful, but where it led me later on into this human rights, uh, this journey was something totally unexpected. And I felt at the beginning it was a little bit imposed on me. Um, because I'm not a trained human rights activist. I don't know if anybody is really a trained human rights activist. I feel like most of the people get into it because accidentally, because something sparked something in them or they run into some tragedy and they decided to act. Right. And for me, it's like that too. It was never planned this way, but it made me also realize a lot of things that I felt like I didn't know that existed in myself. It, yeah. That's good. That's really important. You know, that's what life is all about, discovering something you didn't realize. If people want to find out more about the film, where should they go? Should they go to badassbeautyqueen.film? Yeah, yeah. Or Google, like, I think Wikipedia probably okay. would include that. Okay. If not, I'll tell them <laughs> they should. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I put all the info about you and your film up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. It lists your Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Um, go watch my film. Have fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the topic is a little bit depressing, but I think what we can see is that if I can survive something like that, then everybody can really, you know, guess through the... whatever they were dealing with in life and 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 live on in a courageous way yeah well thank you for being so brave to make this film and put your story out there well thank you so much for having me on your show my pleasure have a great day you too bye-bye that was anastasia lynn calling in to talk about her film badass beauty queen the story of anastasia lynn and if you missed any part of this it will be up on my show blog uh within an hour after i wrap Get the funk out show.kuci.org. And I want to mention KUCI is on Twitter at KUCIFM. We're on Instagram at KUCIFM, Facebook, KUCI889, and Tumblr, blog.kuci.org. And if you're not familiar with our programs, you can visit KUCI.org. Lists all our great music shows, public affairs shows, and all the info about the station. So that's a wrap for me. Uh, I'm Janine. I'm here every Monday at 9 o'clock hosting Get the Funk Out. Have a great Monday, everyone. I'm going to leave you with a song from Cherie Curry and Bree Darling. This is Do It Again. Have a great Monday.